Hello, my name is Mimba Dodwell and this is Ordinary Artists. Hello, in this podcast I'm talking to Mark Norfolk. Mark is a director for both stage and screen and is a dramaturg. In this podcast, we are talking about Black Theatre Live's Hamlet, which is currently touring the UK. Mark was a writer and dramaturg on this project with the wonderful director, Jeffrey Kassoon. We talk about what a dramaturg is and what they do. We also talk about screenwriting and writing in general and any tips for people who are passionate about writing and want to make it their profession. So here we go. So I'm sitting in the National with Mark Norfolk who um, is the adapter of Black Theatre Live's Hamlet. So how do you get involved with the project like Hamlet? Because it's really exciting and I'm very, ex- I'm, I'm excited to see it. Um, it goes back a long way actually. Uh, it goes back to when I started my association, my collaboration with Jeffrey Kassoon. And uh, we had, we'd gone to see a play at the rich mix, I think it was. So it was. In fact, it was an adaptation of Othello uh, by an American uh, director. And a very good play. And um, in it, there was an actor that Jeffrey knew. I didn't know him, but Jeffrey knew him very well. And after the play, Jeffrey said, I'd love to direct you, an actor, in Hamlet, in a, a version of Hamlet. Um, and uh, and that's how this has come about. Now, when I first met Jeffrey back in, I think it was either 1999 or the year 2000, or way back then, um, Jeffrey had just, it must have been year 2000, because he'd just finished working on Peter Brook's Hamlet, uh, Peter Brook's famous version of Hamlet. So I remember during rehearsals of the play that we were doing there, he was talking about it a lot. And in fact, I remember him getting into an argument with someone who said, uh, Shakespeare, well, I want to know about Shakespeare, I'm not interested in Shakespeare, I want to know about now. And Jeffrey lost it. <laughs> he lost it. So uh, I thought, all oh, right, okay, he's very passionate about it. But, and that's how it's all come about, really. So, um, and then just through the trials and tribulations of life, uh, we arrive where we are today. And how did you uh, adapt it? Because I heard when I was listening to some interviews that it's slightly different from what we know as Hamlet, you've sort of changed it, more of the acting as well as the writing. Um, very interesting. I think, basically, Peter Brook did a version of Hamlet where he cut Hamlet. Uh, Hamlet's normally what, in fact, it is Shakespeare's longest play. Um, Peter Brook did a version that was 90 minutes. And initially, uh, for this project, Geoffrey was asked to do that version in America and so um, uh, I think uh, there's a, an organization in America called Kappa which is a big um, kind of entertainment agency who uh, work with the National and the RSC and they bring Shakespeare plays over to the United States. Anyway, uh, this guy knew Jeffrey and asked him to what, what he'd like to do and Jeffrey said I'd love to do a black version of Hamlet and he said okay do Peter Brook's version of Hamlet. So he came to me and I said, let's not do Peter Brook's version, let's do your version. And because uh, uh, Peter Brook's version, um, he, Peter Brook, great director, uh, you know, great director, film and theatre, but, and he created this version by moving scenes and cutting huge chunks out. And I wanted to put those back in and to get a version that was uh, that runs more or less concurrently with uh, William Shakespeare's original version. So we did that. And so basically we 
put together a version that would run at about two and a half hours. Um, and that's how I got to do it. But I mean, in terms of people talk about uh, acting, well, acting is the same. It's, a, it's, a, it's Shakespeare. You can't play around with Shakespeare. You've got people doing Shakespeare, hip hop, this, that. You can't do that. Shakespeare is um, a particular brand of classical theatre. Um, he has uh, rules, i.e. the speaking of the text, iambic pentameter, and so forth. So um, we paid particular attention to that, and so we produced a version that the Shakespeare aficionados will love, and from the notices so far, you, you'd have seen that. No one said, oh, they've adapted it to... No, it's, the story's the same, it's there. All the mayhem is still there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um, I think it's quite interesting that you called it a brand I've never heard it like that but yeah. it's true like Shakespeare is yeah. it is like a style that people universally understand and what I want to ask you about also is about being a dramaturg I've heard this quite a bit recently and people who I've spoken to in previous podcasts have said I've had a dramaturg help me with my writing and you also yourself mentioned it about wrong places um, wrong place sorry and um I want to know what that means and what a dramaturg is. Right, it's a good question. I mean, a dramaturg generally um, is an individual who, <laughs> who, uh, whatever the play they're doing, will have, or supposed to have, some kind of uber understanding of it, um, conceptually, dramatically, uh, academically, and so forth. So while the play is in rehearsals, uh, the dramaturg will be the person that uh, the actors and the director and, and the crew, designers and so forth, will look to to clarify various elements of uh, the text. Um, uh, it doesn't mean that the dramaturg is listened to, but the dramaturg has a point to make on something that they've researched, because that's the whole thing that the dramaturg does. Um, it's... it's, it's it's an interesting position, um, this dramaturg stuff, because, I mean, uh, in America they have something else, um, the dramaturg, assistant director, or whatever. But I think um, the dramaturg has a particular point of view, basically, um, which they believe <laughs> is as true as possible to what the writer intended, and, and that's what they should be looking at. Now, they, 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 a dramaturg doesn't have to do that. A dramaturg can take a, a view on it that is different to what the writer intended or, um, you know, or, or whether it works for them conceptually. Um, uh, and, but the, the dramaturg is there to make sure that the production, the director, actors and everybody fit into the, the concept that you've kind of created. Mm. So like sort of like an informant to su supporting yes. the show to Absolutely. make sure it's, well, as you said, they can listen to it, as make sure it's as correct and yes. so factual. Instance, or, exactly. Yeah. So they'll, a line from Shakespeare, there, there's a line where he says, um, blah, 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 or come tardy off. Mark, what does come tardy off mean? The dramaturg <laughs> must know. Okay. He must know. So the dramaturg will say, oh, I'll go and look it up <laughs> or um, have a, an opinion on it. You know, ah. So cool. That's quite. That's quite interesting. So in Hamlet, they're quite lucky. As someone who was both the helping, like who had adapted it, as well as being a dramaturg, that was quite helpful for the production. 
probably. Uh, yes, but really, they didn't really need me because Geoffrey is so well-schooled oh, yeah. Yeah, in Shakespeare. I mean, his knowledge of the text, speaking the text, is unprecedented. I, I, I don't think I've met anyone who has that kind of knowledge uh, who doesn't go around calling themselves an academic. He, he, he's done so many Shakespeare's plays, worked with some of the best directors that there, there are, in fact, probably that there are, and um, appeared in all the theatres you know, doing the plays. He will have an understanding that I find uncanny that today uh, that the theatre establishment in this country does not reach into and try to get him to kind of spray. It's uncanny. It's incredible. I, I have to say, it's incredible. Uh, working with the guy and seeing him at work. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm even more excited to see what this production's like. And um, what I want to ask you about is any tips for people who would want to get into writing or screenwriting because you're a lecturer at Burbank University. Oh, Burbank, sorry, yeah. University. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, for me, writing is you, you do it or you don't. If you want, you know, because a lot of people want to, and they you know, oh yeah, I must write my this, or I must write my that. Um, and I, like I said, just go ahead, start, and then you'll see. Um, and it's one of those things that um, you, some people are born to it. They're born to it, and others can be taught to do it. And But either way, the person doing it has to actually do it in order to learn from it or to grow within it. Um, you know, uh, and my analogy, all my students will know, I tell them all the time, is um, if you're a farmer and you're growing corn, you know, you, you plough your field, you plant the corn and you nurture it. And then it doesn't work, so next year you think, right, okay, I'll plant it in July instead of in June. And then it doesn't work, so I'll plant it in April. And then it works, you think, oh, I've got something here. And you just keep nurturing your trade until you soon become a master gardener. That's the nature of writing, it's exactly the same. Um, uh, you know, for work, if you want to become a writer, and you just have to keep going at it. You know, because you'd be writing away, and um, no one's interested in your work. That's another thing I'll say to people, no one's interested. No, no one's interested. Yeah. Okay. You can write as long as you like, no one's interested. And so you just keep battering away until someone is. And I, and I also talk about uh, Sarah Kane. Um, when Sarah Kane, um, you know, she had some kind of potential as a writer, went to university and uh, tutors helped her and got her into the royal court. Uh, but they didn't want to do a play. They were unsure of it. They put the play on and it, it was a failure. It was slagged off universally by every single reviewer that saw that play. At the royal court? At the royal court. You, you go back and look. You know, I always tell people because people don't yeah. believe me. The Royal Court now, Sarah Kane. What's that? But when her play came, it was slagged off universally. But then, she, um, I think she fell out with her lover or whatever, and she tried to commit suicide. And they heard about this, and they and then they discovered that all the reviews cut her to the bone. And then one reviewer, and I can't remember his name now. Uh, I think he's dead, but he, he decided to change his review. He said, look, you know, I had to rethink about this. And I went back to look at it and I think about the play and I think maybe there's something in this play. And, and then they all changed and they put the play wow. back on and then all of a sudden, she's a genius. That's how, you know, that's the fine line between failure and success. Wow. That, <laughs> that's amazing to think that. Now she's the, one of the most celebrated writers, writers of, a theme, of that theme of, of theatre. Theatre globally. And you have to say also at the same time... Um, you know, uh, 
when you are, as a writer, you are commenting on things, you're talking about stuff, and you, one shouldn't be deterred by criticism. Criticism is great. It's great. Um, because you can read between the lines and, and try to decipher what criticism is, what this critic felt at that time. I remember having a play on, right? And this critic wrote this big piece and never mentioned the play. Never mentioned the play, but then I discovered that that critic had a beef with the director and, oh. and just kept hammering the director. <laughs> so it was a, per it was a personal... A personal, getting at yeah. the director and never mentioned the play. But that, So that goes on, so you always have to remember these things. I mean, and even looking at this Hamlet, yeah. this Hamlet goes out, and what you're doing is you're saying to the critics, we're putting on this Hamlet, it's uh, an all-black cast, first time ever. An all-black crew, isn't all it? All-black crew, first time yeah. ever in this country, ever. It's being allowed, young black yeah. people are being allowed to express themselves. And they're doing Shakespeare as Shakespeare. They're not setting it in the Caribbean and not setting it in Africa and not and setting no it on the moon. No graffiti. <laughs> no estates. They're doing it yeah. as Shakespeare intended. They, they, we've put a concept on it, but it's, it's Shakespeare's language spoken mm. in his correct um, pattern. Um, and so critics go in and they go in with uh, perceived notions of what it's going to be. Yeah. And then when it's not what they want, they haven't seen the play, because they haven't, so therefore they don't know what to write. They don't know what to write. Because they're just seeing Shakespeare. Like that's it's what, just, the, it's it's just Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Which, it's is, just which Shakespeare. is really nice to see, because a, a lot of those actors wanted just to do Shakespeare. Just to do Shakespeare, and to and do Shakespeare, and to do it well. Yeah. That's another thing. And um, lastly, I wanted to ask you, what sort of theatre do you enjoy seeing, or screen do you enjoy seeing, stuff that you really, like, you really want to enjoy and see more of? Uh, I just I just like to see plays done well, <laughs> and and also plays that, um, that that have meaning that say something, you know, you know, and and film as well that say you know at the moment you, there's a crop of films that didn't say anything. There's loads of them being pumped out to nullify the mind of the public. But you know, I, I mean, but I, you know, I tend to, I write plays um, and and I'm quite prolific. I write quite a bit, but. Um, and every play that I write, or every film that I write, has to have meaning. That, and when I say have to have, you know, you know, these guys will tell you their stuff's got meaning as well. But no, when I say meaning, it's got to mean something to the populace as a whole. I'm not fitting genre or just saying, oh, I'm going to do a play, um, a Shakespeare play, or mm. um, you know, a Hemingway play, or whatever. It's about doing something that's going to touch people somewhere and sometimes when you do something when I say meaning I mean contemporary meaning what you know for instance Shakespeare a lot of black people tell you I don't watch that crap it's got nothing to do with me it's got nothing to do with me so um, so they so what you have to do is you have to explain to them what it you know yeah. okay in this this Shakespeare that we're doing it's about a family the breakup of a family uh, you know uh, the father's gone and uh, and guy's got a new father and so um, you know how does he deal with that his mother now dating someone else someone he doesn't like and the whole world has changed how's he dealing with that and so forth and you explain it in those terms that yeah. has meaning that has meaning to a lot of people Lots no matter people. who they no matter who they are no matter what ethnicity is you say exactly and so that's the way I work for instance like now I, I, I wrote a play about the, the, the financial crisis yeah right? and nobody wants to touch it they've been nominated but, <laughs> but they won't touch it I have to. I'm going. I have to go abroad to work. I'm going to. Uh, the, I'm working the Balkans. Really? I'm going there next week wow. to go and direct a play. 
plays that you can't put on in the UK because they don't <coughs> not interested, but other people do. So I'm going over there. So. <laughs> Well, that's it. Well, thank you very much, Mark. I think we have to finish off. There's lots of people exiting the theatre, but thank you very much for speaking to me about Hamlet and theatre in London. Thank, thank you very you. much. <laughs> thank you for listening. You can follow me on both Twitter and Facebook at Ordinary Artists. <laughs>